Hey, Real Talk listeners, welcome back to our series. We are talking through topics or phrases or words that really are misconstrued in the workplace. And this series is, nope, that is not what it means. And today we're talking about ownership and how that can be conflicting and how we're actually presenting, executing, and going towards it in the workplace. And today I'm with Michelle and Keith talking through this entire topic. So let's talk about it. What's up with this? Why is this such a a controversial topic that we need to discuss? Well, one of the biggest complaints I hear from, from leaders all the time is that employees are not taking ownership of their roles. They're not taking ownership of the tasks that are required of them. And my question to every leader that that says that to me is always the same. And that question is, well, what is it that you're expecting? And are you giving them the tools? Are you giving them the opportunities to take on ownership? And are you removing obstacles that prevent them from doing so? And more often than not, I find that when it's usually the leaders that are are complaining about a lack of ownership that are the obstacles standing in the way of it. Because especially when employees are micromanaging their employees, they are on one, you know, speaking out of one side of their mouth and saying, I want you to do it this way, and I want you to do it my way, and I don't want you to do it any other way. But then at the same time, they're saying, Well, why aren't you taking ownership of this? <laughs> Because there's nothing for them to take ownership of because you're you're controlling the entire process. So in my experience, anytime there's been a complaint about employees not taking ownership, I can very quickly get to the root of the problem. And it usually is because the environment is not conducive to the employee being able to take ownership. I would agree completely. I think leaders tend to do what I refer to as task assignment. And they assume, they don't assume, um, and then they get mad when the person doesn't do something more than the task that was assigned. But it falls back to, you haven't really given me the power or the ownership of that thing. I think there's, there's a lot of reasons, typically when I talk to leaders that struggle with letting things go and truly empowering people to take ownership of something that those leaders they tend to say things like well I know the best way to do it or I do it faster or you know, I used to do it that way but now I do it this way because this way is better and so they've already decided in their mind exactly how it should go and then they go do x y and z and then the person doesn't the employee they delegate it to doesn't take any initiative or doesn't do anything more than X, Y, and Z. And now the leader's upset. So for me, this is another one of those places where leaders get jacked up on what something means versus what they're doing. And then they get caught in this cycle of you're not, you're not, you're not when ultimately it falls back to they're not. So it's one of my favorite stories. I know I've shared it on this podcast before and I will keep sharing it because it is one of my favorite stories. It's actually from someone else. I gave them credit last time. Now I'm going to adopt it as my own. It's the way it works in my world. Give the person credit once and then it's yours. 
it was a comparison between a car and a rental car. Most people have had a rental car before in their life. Um, and when you ask them, you know, did they, did they vacuum it? Did they wash it? Did they wax it? Did they shine the wheels before they took it back to the rental agency? Almost always, unless the person is a neat freak, crazy neat freak, almost always people will go, no, of course I didn't as a rental car. And then you say, do you own your own car? Have you ever washed it? Have you ever waxed it? Have you ever vacuumed it? And they're like, uh, of course. How else is it going to stay clean? But that's what leaders do is they give you like this piece of something on loan for a second. And then they get angry that you don't treat it or care about it the same way they do. Well, it's not mine. Why the hell should I care about it? It's not mine. Well, yeah, I think, you know, it's everybody comes into the office or into work, I would say, looking at things from a different perspective. Some people do think about their positions or, you know, their responsibilities in a way of ownership. Others don't. I would say most people probably don't. But it also when any leader kind of discusses this topic with people, it's always like, yeah, treat it as if it's, you know, I don't know, like, it's just everybody has their own perspective on this. And sometimes it's hard for you to explain as a leader in an organization what you exactly mean when you're discussing ownership. I think at the, at the very basic level, the best way to start is by helping employees understand how their role fits in to the big picture. Because if, if, if employees don't understand how their role fits in or the impact that they're making by performing their role, it's very difficult for them to place any value on what it is they're actually doing. But they do. So leaders sit there and they pre- present goals at some point in the year to their department or to their direct reports about what goals they need to do against the company priorities. Shouldn't that be enough? I don't think it's enough because that's what's important to the company. It's not what's important to the employee. And I think that if your goal is to get employees to accept ownership, then you've got to find out what's important to them and relate it to that. If what's important to them is making an impact at the customer level, then they need to understand how what they do impacts that. If what's important to them is about impacting, making an impact at the productivity level or at the supply chain level, or at whatever level is most important to the employee, you've got to relate it to that, right? If an employee is working in a manufacturing plant and they're making a doohickey and that doohickey fits into a thingamabob that ultimately gets built into a whatchamacallit, but the employee doesn't know what happens once they're done making their doohickey and they don't understand how that fits into the rest of the process, how are they ever going to place any value on what they're doing? Because we drill numbers into them all the time. It's unfortunate that that's not the way the human brain works. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm just playing. um, I'm just being stubborn here today. But I think this is what truly leaders have in their concept. I gave you a business objective from top down that the organization needs to focus on its customers. We are turning our ship around. We're transitioning to a technology-based organization away from sales-based, right? 
and we're going to want to focus on advertising. So, or, you know, but we, we need to get the products done, right? We're, we need to focus on technology to get products done, to be able to focus on manufacturing some of those pieces, whatever it may be, right? X, Y, and Z, whatever your objectives are, right? We're, we're focusing on X, Y, and Z as a company. Then from there, they're like, well, I need your, you know, your volume per hour on how much you're turning around or X, you know, uh, getting things done from a technology perspective for our customers to be 20 times higher than last year. Why 20 times higher? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I think that's right what companies are focusing on. Like, here's the ship. We're focusing on our customers. We're going to elevate our brand. And here's what we need to execute on. Then it gets to the next level leader. All right. So the company priorities focus on its customers. We're focusing on our technology initiatives. Now what, right? How does that impact us from a team perspective? Well, with that, you know, we're in this sub department, so we need to make sure we're working towards that, you know, meeting our, our goal and achievements up top. So we need to focus our priorities on getting just shit done twice as fast. So, you know, then the business leader gives them their smart goals. Here's all the crap that you need to do. And boom, done. I gave you your objectives. You have four SMART goals in the system. You know how to then be an owner of your own stuff. Okay. So we are not going to go on a tangent about how most businesses pick arbitrary KPIs in the first place. That'll be another topic. <laughs> but I agree with Keith. It's not enough. It's not like you lost me at our company priority is. That's where you lost me. Like if I'm going to play devil's advocate for your employee, you went, our company's primary objective is you lost me at our company's primary objective. Du I'm done. Why do I matter? Yep. That's what people want to know. Why do I matter? And if you can't tell me why what I do when I show up to work matters, then I'm not going to invest fully, I'm not. It's always gonna be, you know, it's funny. Um, I'm gonna use Kinko's as an example. If you worked at Kinko's, we used to have a joke that all we did was press little green buttons all day long. But it was just, it was a joke actually, because we knew what we did. We knew when that person came to the counter with, a presentation that they were giving to their boss and they were super stoked and it meant something to them. That meant me doing my job right was going to help them do what they needed to or that person that needed a copy of a resume. And we were able to communicate that at Kinko's. We were able to communicate with people, when you show up, this is how you matter. Did we also have KPIs? Sure, we did. But that's not what we led the conversation with. It's what we talked about as a result of. As a result of you guys performing quality checks on all of your jobs, we reduced our cost by this amount of money. We didn't start by saying, yay, you reduced cost by 20%. You know, when these conversations come up and we start talking about how in order to gain ownership, you need to find out, you need to relate it to what's in it for the employee. 
the conversation will will typically turn to the leader saying, "So what you need, what you're saying is, I need to motivate them." And my response is always, "No, because you can't motivate them because you cannot manufacture artificial motivation. Right? What, what motivates you is not what's going to motivate somebody else. So it, it's not semantics, right? It's there's a distinction between trying to motivate somebody and understanding." what already motivates them and relating your goals to that. You can't manufacture motivation. You can't say, well, this is what's inspiring to the company. This is what's inspiring to me. Why don't you get it? Because they don't. Because people are emotional beings, right? You have to find out what they care about. You have to find out what sort of impact they want to make and relate the goal to that. The whiffums. Yeah. Holy shit. You actually have to talk to people what a dumb concept. Yeah. And let's not get let's not get started on on that conversation when it says when people start saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, soft skills are important, but" mm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a whole other topic, Keith. <laughs> it really does. I mean, it boils down to what matters to an individual and we all get to be individuals. The sooner leaders realize that, the easier their jobs are going to be. Totally true. Yeah, I think that's um, that's critical for us. So, you know, obviously we've been giving pointers on WIFMs and and additional resources, right? And for all of you listeners speaking, I obviously don't believe that setting goals actually truly means as a business that you're actually getting this point across of ownership. You couldn't see my face, but I always love to challenge Keith and Michelle because they always come back with some really witty responses to my things. But this is real life. This is what happens in an organization. Businesses set their company goals at the beginning of the year. The CEO puts in the priorities. It trickles down through leaders. They create SMART goals. If you have a really great HR organization, and then from there, you then are just assuming that that whole process is uh, involved in the WIFM process. So Keith, any other you know comments for how our leaders and our HR team or anyone else in an organization can really help elevate this ownership piece other than some of the pieces that we've given out? Well, just to your point that you just said, I'm not challenging the, the idea that top-down goals are a bad idea. My challenge is, is that when top-down goals are established, that it's the job of leaders to create excitement around those goals and relate them to the wants and needs of the employees to get them excited about achieving those goals. But you're not going to be able to get employees excited about achieving company goals until you help them understand their role, their important role in achieving those goals. No matter how small that role may be, they still play a key part in that. And you need to illustrate that in order to get people to get excited and take ownership of what they're doing. Michelle does not agree with the statement that of company goals aren't a bad thing. Mm. Yeah, maybe that's not a fair to go all the way out and say, it. I don't agree. Here's what I'm going to say. If I were in the room with you, as you were setting priorities, I would probably question where and why you were coming up with them. Because what I've seen time and time again 
is that we just go, oh, we did 5% last year. Surely we can do 4.5% this year too. So even though we pretend that we're using some sort of logic by looking at historical data, I think there, there's so much more involved market trends. There, there is so much more involved in throwing out arbitrary projections. I also believe that arbitrary projections and, oh, see, they make me crazy. I also believe that you are potentially setting yourself up to reward and recognize inappropriately in your organization. So I could slack off all year, but maybe the last two months bust my tail and score that number. And you're going to be like, rah, rah, you get the year salesperson of the year award. And yet someone else actually grew their accounts significantly over the course of the year, but didn't manage to meet that number. And they're not the ones celebrated. So I think that you you can inappropriately reward and recognize by creating those. And then the last thing, when you're talking about KPIs that predict outcomes, so you've got your final stuff like your end of the month reporting, right? And then you've got some predictive measures. As someone who worked in operations, I can comfortably tell you that there are very few metrics, predictive metrics that have ever been designed that people can't find a workaround for in order to pass them. So um, so those lead indicators that you think are telling you what the final's going to be, uh, chances are somebody found a good way to make them look good so that they don't end up on a rank and spank report. And you guys, you heard me say this earlier. I don't know if I said it on the podcast or not, but I'm going to shame and humiliation is painful. And so if I get to avoid being the person in red in that rank and spank report, you've now created an environment where my only goal is not to be on the bottom of that report. You didn't create an environment where my goal is to do the right thing for the customer, to do the right thing with the product. You didn't create an environment where it's to do the right thing for the employees. You created an environment where my only goal as a leader is not to be on the bottom of that report. So there you go. That's why how companies currently do KPIs get on my nerves. And just to put that into my own language, what it really comes down to is setting standards. If your standard is you cannot be on this report, why would I shoot any higher than not being on that report? Yep. So you heard it, everyone. That is our take on ownership. And we will continue to drive this through our last episode when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. So stay tuned because this is going to be a topic you don't want to miss. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.